Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 52. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters. Today, we've got a gentleman who is going to help some of you who are kind of confused or concerned or challenged about how to get financing to do a house flip. And I'm really excited when I was just talking to him just yesterday, I was so excited to bring him on the show and share, you know, what I perceive to be kind of some creative financing options for someone that either doesn't have a lot of cash to get started or is kind of afraid of hard money, which is really expensive at like 10%. So today we have with us Matt Cady, and he's been a mortgage consultant for 17 years with a background in construction financing. Really helpful to those of us that want to fix and improve homes. He's worked together with construction companies to provide financing for their customers for room additions and major remodels even since 2000. In 2007, when most construction products went away, he started offering renovation loans, such as the FHA 203K and Fannie Mae Homestyle Renovation to provide adequate funding. He also works with realtors and their clients to provide purchase loans. And he's with a company called Summit Lending in San Clemente, California. So with that, welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you for the kind introduction. If, if you think I look young now, imagine me 17 years ago. <laughs> I call yeah. myself the, the Doogie Hauser of the mortgage business. Yeah. Okay. Aptly named. You'll be glad when you're older that you still look young. Yeah. Well, my 17 help. years, he looks like he's 25. So yeah, it's kind of funny. So for those of you that are on, um, you know, catching it on YouTube, you have to go check out and see how young Matt looks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm excited about this because people that want to get into house flipping often don't have lots of cash, or maybe they want to take the approach of taking advantage of the tax-free capital gains that um, you can have from living in a house for two years. So I think your solutions are really good for that as well. So um, why don't you start by telling us about kind of a brief overview of kind of the two different scenarios you've gotten and we'll take it from there. Perfect. Well, I think these programs are really good for someone who's looking to minimize their down payment. So maximum leverage and also have a better alternative than a hard money loan that's going to be 10%. Renovation loans, we do them both on an FHA basis and also on a conventional basis. They're going to run only a quarter of a percent higher than that interest rate for being a renovation product. So you're probably going to save about half of a, about half of what you would pay in interest versus a hard money loan. One of the things that's really good is that if you're looking at living in the house and if you buy it FHA, you could put down three and a half percent of the total cost. Wow, that is very very little. <laughs> very yeah. Little. So, and the total cost would be what you're paying for the house plus the repairs that you're looking to do to it. So I don't think you're going to find any leverage at, at, a, at, a better, uh, at a better rate. 
No, not at all. Well, and one other thing to point out is the hard money loans come with usually two points and extra, you know, some people call them junk fees, but doc prep fees and all kinds of fees too. So it, it would save you more than half for sure. So, yeah, well, let's run through. I mean, this is a great way for someone that, you know, wants to kind of start house flipping, but doesn't have lots of money. I mean, to get into a house with three and a half percent down, that is just incredible. So why don't you kind of run through like some basic numbers? And I think, I don't know if it used to be, and now it's um, changed, but I thought it used to have like a $25,000 construction budget max. Is that true? And then how's that changed? That's, that's a great question. Uh, so a lot of companies have offered the limited 203K. What the limited 203K does is it says that this is just for minor cosmetic repairs. And it does cap you at 25,000 of, uh, 25, of the repair value. But it doesn't, and it doesn't require another third party that the full 203K does. It basically verifies that the costs that you're providing for the construction are enough to complete said construction product. So a lot of companies, because it's less documentation, have only offered the limited. So people have heard that that product caps them at 25,000, when in all actuality, the majority of the two or three Ks I do are for 100 to 200,000. Generally speaking, it's a room addition uh, and or a major remodel. Wow, okay. So, what kind of things can you do? I mean, you can do additions and, I mean, it's not just like a paint and carpet thing, right? You can do like major, major stuff, right? You can basically do anything permittable with the exception of what FHA considers to be a luxury item. You can't install an in-ground swimming pool and you can't have a built-in barbecue. Aside from that, you're fine. If you wanna build a second unit on an R2 property with a single family, you can do that. It's really not limiting in, in that regard. Well, here in Southern California, I'm sorry, but an in-ground pool is not a luxury. It is a necessity. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, sometimes when I'm reviewing um, overhead maps, looking at neighborhoods, I mean, just one yesterday, there was five homes in a row with pools in them, and that's a $600,000 price point, which is entry level in, you know, Orange County. So, yeah, that's funny. They won't let you build a pool with it. So Sure. Yeah, you're going to have to go out of pocket for the pool. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, tell us um, what the options are for someone who's not going to live in it. So FHA obviously requires that you live in it, and that's when you get that really low down payment. But I think with um, that you've got a conventional product where someone could buy it as an investor. They know they're not going to live in it. They're not saying they're going to live in it. Uh, and tell us what that kind of option is. So the, the option that we would use in that case is a Fannie Mae home style renovation loan. Okay. So it is a conventional loan. It is securitized and sold to Fannie Mae. And uh, we will do it on a single family residence. So you would put down, I mean, the minimum amount is 15% of the total repair of the acquisition costs plus repair costs. However, I would recommend strongly to put down 20% because mortgage insurance is really expensive on an investment property. If it's just an additional 15%, I think it's to people's benefit to do it that way. 
That's interesting. I know you say it's really expensive, but in the big picture, if you're comparing hard money to this PMI, private mortgage insurance, or some people call MI mortgage insurance, it is not that big of a deal if you're trying to have cash out, you know, for other things. So I know in your world, it's expensive, in but my world, it's, yes. you know, overall big picture, you know, it's still not that bad. So what are, so you'd have to have 15% down and is that 15% of the purchase price of the home you plan to renovate or 15% of, I think you call it, what is it? We call it after repaired value. What do you call it? As repaired value? As repaired value. A lot of people say subject to value because it ends up coming from the appraisal report and the appraisal is done subject to completion. But yeah, okay. repaired value you hear as well. So if you're looking at it, it's going to be, let's just call it 20% of your of what you're paying for the property plus the construction costs, that's gonna be your down payment. And the as repair value can't come in under that. So it's the lesser of the two, 80, you know, 80% of the as repair value, or we're gonna finance 80% of the purchase price plus cost of improvement. Got it, okay. And even though I consider myself to be great at math, former CTA, I know all our listeners may have been like, what, what's all this, you know, it's like an algebra equation, you know, so. Matt is graciously providing us a worksheet that's going to be this week's free download that will be at hardhatholly.com forward slash 5252. And there you can download his worksheet. He's going to have some other great things for us to learn about and be able to utilize there too. So make sure you go download that great information. So um, we, we've basically talked about loan to value. We've talked about, you know, cash required. I, I don't think you've really worked with too many flippers, but can you tell us kind of like the scenario of what you have done with people? And they may want to do this kind of a thing too. Not everybody's into flipping like me, but they might have a use for your product um, similar to what you were telling me about. Certainly. So the majority of the people that I'm working with on this, I work with some of the larger home improvement companies and construction companies out of LA, commonly I run into a situation where somebody owes $400,000 on their house. It's worth 500 and they need $150,000 to do a room addition to it. Well, if they go to their bank and if you look at a traditional line of credit or a cash out refinance, they're capped at 90%. They can get $50,000 on 150,000. And so that's where usually I'll step in because I'm referred by the general contractor and we use the as repair value as you would call it. And this is really what bridges the gap. The reason why I haven't done it so much on the flip side, and this is a big thing for, for us in the conventional world, is that I'm not looking for the flipper who is going to sell the property within six months. We get uh, penalized pretty heavily if we have a loan that is paid off within a six month period of time. So it is perfect for somebody that is either going to live in the house and repair it. And like you said, sell it two years later on to avoid the capital gains tax or for a project that is forecasted to take longer than six months. It works really well for them. That's awesome. And I guess another point that we should discuss too is with hard money loans, the hard money lenders do not care so much about um, debt ratios debt to income ratios, which I've heard DTI, but I imagine with these programs, especially government backed, there are going to be 
parameters and guidelines and ratios that people have to fit in. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. Yet you are qualifying for a, a, a traditional loan that has a renovation aspect to it. And with the hard money, sure, it's going to be a lot easier because they're looking at as repaired value, how much skin you have in the game, and they're making a quick decision. It's fast money. If you pay for the fast money, and on the opposite side of it, if everything looks great financially uh, for our borrower, and if they're willing to put some of the extra time as far as documentation, it's going to work. And I really think that makes a difference that if you're going to hold a property over six months, that hard money loan is going to accumulate interest a lot more where that's really when you start to need to look at cutting your costs potentially, and this is perfect for it. And if I could touch on kind of come of the, some of the small aspects of this product is that it has a couple of uh, reserve accounts. So the first thing is, is that we have to have a construction contract from a licensed general contractor, and it has to be an arm's length to our borrower, to our client. So that's one thing. And whatever the contract is, we're going to lend an additional 10%. So if you have a $100,000 contract, we're going to give an additional $10,000 on that because the worst thing that can happen, as you know, during construction is that you run out of money. So the idea of this product is to be safe and to be helpful for the consumer in that regard. So we're always going to have a, it's called a contingency reserve. It's required. Uh, the other part about it is that it is, uh, it's fund controlled. So I was telling you about that consultant that comes in if the, pro if the project is over 25000 That consultant, not only is he going to evaluate cost and put together his report, when it's time for draws on, on the project, he's also the one that's going to go out and he's going to take a look at his line item cost breakdown. He's going to say, yeah, the footing was done, the framing was done, I have this much for those items, and he's going to disperse that money on a repayment basis. He authorizes the draw. You can also build in on both FHA and conventional up to six months of the mortgage payments into the loan amount. So you can skip six months of the payments. Sweet. That is really nice. Well, I have a comment to make on that contingency reserve. That is very smart that um, the government program has that. Wow, one smart thing the government did. <laughs> because there's always, well, I shouldn't say always, almost always kind of surprises and unplanned for things. I mean, just in a renovation I am doing out in um, the Marietta area, I've had two slab leaks already. I'm like, what the heck? You know, I mean, there was an extra $1,500 that was not in the budget that, you know, just happened from us working on the house and stuff and maybe the age of the house. Stuff happens or you decide that what you had planned or the materials, maybe the materials you picked out are no longer available and you can't find anything you like within that budget. So now you're going up in price. I mean, there's so many things that happen that can cost you more money. So that's definitely something to plan for. Oh, yeah. definitely. And if you're looking at, if you don't use it in the early stages of the job and you get down to the finished materials and you're like, you know what, why, why do laminate? Let's do hardwoods. You can use the contingency reserve towards the end to upgrade materials that you were already anticipating in, in the construction cost to offset that dish, uh, that additional expense. Nice tip there. Yeah. And flooring is usually near the end. So that's a nice thing you could upgrade or your countertops or something. If you're doing a kitchen, that's interesting. Can you use the money to do, um, 
I mean, I'm thinking of like energy improvements, like cause it, in our state, you know, we have these energy efficiency programs, they call them the HERO program, which I don't remember what that stands for. But sometimes people will get these HERO loans and they'll do energy efficient windows and solar panels and I mean, all kinds of other upgrades, probably insulation. For your program, I mean, probably you could do any of that stuff just to be energy efficient, but probably I'm assuming it wouldn't cover solar. Is that correct? Or no, it'll cover solar. solar. Yeah, oh, it'll, wow. it'll absolutely cover solar. The uh, and, and yet that hero loan, there's a couple other companies that offer it. Cal First, and I think Y Green is another company. Those are all considered PACE loans, P-A-C-E. I also don't know what that acronym that acronym is, but a lot of people are using those because they're really easy to get done. But generally speaking, I think the best rate you can get on those, and I could be mistaken, but I think the best rate is 7%, and it usually goes up from there. Wow. Yeah. I, personally, I've heard two stories of people that have done used hero loans, and neither of them are good. So, listeners, if you're, th- if you're in California and thinking of doing that, um, do extensive research and talk to someone that did it before you do it. Let's talk Definitely. about the, the time, because typically a hard money lender would want 14 days maybe to close, 10 days. I make mine work really hard and fast and sometimes do it in two or three. But (laughs) hey, what is the expected time for a loan of this type? Because I know it's more complicated and requires more documentation. You're working with a contractor bid and everything. So Definitely. Yeah, thank you for asking that question because I did have some points on the process. In general, that's going to be one of the more restrictive parts about a renovation loan. And sometimes it can make it harder on a purchase because we've worked a lot on our process to get it to get our timeline down. But the reality is, is that we're waiting for that consultant to put together his report. It's not necessarily an easy thing for them to do. The appraiser has to do a really good job on the as repair value. Mm-hmm. So um, commonly, we're going through a couple different revisions on the appraisal. Uh-huh. And uh, the entire process is about 75 days for us. Mm, okay, so significantly longer. It's, it's a lot longer. It's yeah. the most labor-intensive product that we offer. Mm, okay. And lest you people that want to use this for a flip be concerned, you know, I don't think it's that problematic. I mean, typically when you're buying a house at a deep discount from a motivated seller, they need some cash quick or they need to get out from under a loan or a problem. And you can solve that um, not by necessarily closing on the house, but maybe you're taking over their payments for this next 75 days, or maybe it's only 60 days because it's going to take a while to close anyway. So don't think that this program wouldn't work for you. Everything's negotiable. It pays to be creative. I've done so many creative things when I've bought and sold houses that don't let that limit you. I think this is still a really good option for someone that can qualify for a loan with, you know, a W-2 approvable income, which is not me these days, but um, (laughs) my tax return is like way complicated. I mean, unbelievable things going on in it. It would be a nightmare for a lender to review it, I'm sure. So let's. Um, what other kinds of things do we need to know about this program or things to take into consideration? Well, so I think we've gone over the potential no payments for six months. We've gone over the contingency reserves. We've gone over the fact that you need to have a licensed general contractor that is an arm's length transaction. 
and we will be looking into making sure that they have the required bonds. We'll be double checking their B1 license. We are gonna underwrite the contract, but that's part of the 75 day period. We've gone into don't pay the loan off for six months. I would say one of the other things that people need to be aware of is that since it's a conventional loan or it's an FHA loan, whatever county they're in and however many units there are, we are subject to those loan limits. So I will send you with those attachments, I'll also send you a link that you can look up the loan limits as well. So I think if somebody's looking at this, they could say, this is what my, yeah, this is the required down payment. They enter that into the worksheet. They fill out everything else on it. And then they can cross check and just make sure they're not exceeding that county loan limit. And people can kind of see where the rubber meets the road if this product's going to be a good one for them. Um, aside from that, yeah, no pool, built-in barbecue. I think that's really the bulk of, of this program. It doesn't have a prepayment penalty. We kindly ask people not to pay off within six months, but there's no prepayment penalty. It's a 30-year fixed loan. And uh, as far as the way that the payments are made, it is, it's done on a repayment basis. So there is no seed money in the beginning. That would be one of the, I think if you're looking at hard money, in some cases, that could be one of the biggest, biggest differences during the actual project itself, is that we're gonna pay based upon when you're completed with that stage of the job. Well, that's how hard money lenders work too. They wanna to see it completed and then they reimburse you, at least all the times I've done that, if I'm getting construction costs. Um, reimbursed or you know going through the loan and one alternative for that too is you can put things on a credit card and get things moving fast enough you'll pay little to no interest um, don't get those credit cards necessarily during your loan approval process but um, <laughs> don't start buying stuff before on the credit cards that can mess things up but definitely after you have the loan i'm sure that would be safe to do so in some cases there is i've seen it to where if you have a big expense, let's just say you're doing an addition and lumber is obviously a big expense. I have seen an unpaid invoice be submitted with the draw. So oh, they okay. finish out like the grading, they finish out the footing, then they get an invoice for the lumber, they submit that, and it does help to, to mitigate that out-of-pocket expense. Nice, nice, cool. And then I'm sure people that have questions can reach out to you to learn about that too. So um, definitely this, you can serve anyone in the entire state of California. Lenders are usually state specific and state licensed, right? Correct. And we have a lot of listeners here in the state of California, but these are national or nationwide programs, right? So people should be able to obtain these same programs in other states, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you're in a different state and if you're interested in this, I would definitely interview the person that you're talking to to make sure that they've done these before. Because even though you might have experience doing FHA, you might have experience doing conventional, understanding when things need to be done to try to get that timeline down and to foresee potential problems, it does take a little bit of experience. There is a learning curve. There, I'm sure in every single state, there's a few people that know these products pretty well. I would lean towards if I was a consumer working with somebody like that. And what type of, I mean, do they just Google these loan product products to find who in their state would be good? I mean, how would you recommend they go about finding someone that could provide this type of product for them? I would reach out if their contractor might know somebody. I mean, I know that I have a big network of contractors that would refer, and I just generally speaking think that a referral is a lot better than just going online and researching. If you do go online and research, I would talk to them and start to ask kind of pressing questions. 
And if you're getting an educated response back, then that's probably somebody that knows the product well. If you're hearing a lot of ums and uhs, then I might move on to somebody else. Okay, that's a great idea. And basically, we've gotten a good little education here in this short time that someone could go and, and ask some of these questions to kind of test uh, a potential lender to see if they know if they match up to what you're saying, because obviously you have many years of experience with this and you definitely know what you're doing. Well, awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much. This has been really insightful and helpful and what a great way for someone to kind of get into house flipping and be able to take advantage of really inexpensive money, uh, maybe with the FHA program even with really low down. That, that's just a really exciting opportunity for people to kind of get their feet wet and, and do a project without getting killed by interest charges. So please tell everyone how they can get in touch with you for more information. What's the best way to get to you? Absolutely. My office line is 949-238-6035 or email address is matt, M-A-T-T, at mattkady.com. That's M-A-T-T, C like Charles, A like Alpha, D like David, Y like Yellow.com. And thank you so much for having me on. I've been listening to your podcast and just think that it's great. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I am just in that when it comes to sharing information, I want everyone to have success and opportunity and give people as many tools as they can to have success. And I think this is a great tool that you have to help people succeed. So with that, thank you, Matt. And all of you listeners, no more excuses. This is such a good opportunity for you. Let's get out there and get you doing some real estate investing. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.